I'm Stephanie. I was just going to. Oh, I love it when you do that. I'm sorry. I, go ahead, do it again. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead, Dead Time Stories. What if we spent a whole episode pretending to be like the other person, like calling each other by each other's names and just freaking out our listeners? Well, I was going to say, what would happen with new listeners? They would not know what to do with the next episode when we, we talked like normal. Or when we dropped character and we were like, JK, I'm Sarah. Because you're Sarah in I'm, real life. I'm Sarah in real life. With an H. Yes. And I'm Stephanie with a PH. In real life. And an IE. And an IE. Don't get it wrong. There's, they have two chances. I know. To mess it up. There are some Sarahs who spell it S-H-A-R-A. I don't like that. Shara? Yeah. But I've heard them. I've heard people spell it that way and pronounce it like Sarah, like Sarah. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's it's an abomination. Well, welcome back, you guys. Welcome to episode 29 of Dead Time Stories. Actually, I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. Stories. <laughs> We're still on after Thanksgiving dinner. We are. Well, I guess just to dive into it, I told you right before we started recording... That I have a new Aaron update. I know. I'm really excited. <clears throat> so this is now update. This is update number two from him, right? After we've had him on. Yeah. Yeah. This is update number two. Okay. So things are still going down with him, you guys. I st- I haven't experienced anything. I'm all clear on my front. How's your li- light in your house situation? It was, it was so weird the other, like one time, but it's fine. Okay. So Stephanie might still have something. I don't. She doesn't. It's just the wiring in my house. You know, I bet it's Xander. He's peeing on your carpet. He's jumping up and he's... Not my carpet. My bed. Oh, your bathroom While rug. While I'm sleeping in That's it. True. And the bathroom rug. The bathroom. That's true. Anyways, back to Aaron and his shit. <laughs> I know. Our pets. All right. So here's what Aaron said. So like before, Aaron's got some recent developments. He's had some rather important things go missing and not turn back up. So before he would say that like things go missing, but it would show up in a different place. He says these things go missing and they've not turned back up. up. Mainly his driver's license and his passport, both of which were secure. Uh, The Sunday after he came over and recorded the podcast, he went over to his house, his mom's house for a few hours. His roommate was in the kitchen and he was not home. And she thought she was hearing a conversation like voices in the apartment. So she stopped what she was doing to listen and distinctly heard a voice say, he's not here. After that, the voices stopped and she didn't hear any other words. Oh, my God, Sarah. Yeah. On another really... really scary. I don't like it. Uh, on another really strange note, as things have gone missing, something showed up in their apartment and they have no idea how it got there. It's a lanyard and a badge for a flight safety school from Palm Beach, Florida. For And they have a name on the badge. I'm not going to say it out loud. But they said this very strange. And he said, I wonder if this person has my ID. Um, he looked up the place and it's a real it's a real school in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, he said he's going to call and try to find out some info about the person in the badge to indicate. And he included a picture to like show that it's freaking real that they just. Yeah, you should. Yeah, they just had that freaking uh, badge show up. So. 
who knows what's going on with that. That's some really weird stuff. I will hopefully have another update, I would assume, like in a week or so to see what's going on with Aaron. But send out some good vibes his way, you guys. He lost his passport and his driver's license because of a ghost. And then this fucking other ID shows up in this house. Yeah. I just think if he calls over and somehow find like, it would be so weird if that person has his ID and That'd it's somehow fun. transported. I was like, it would make sense if this was someone who like went to that school years ago and lived in this apartment before them and maybe left it behind. That but they've was, been in that apartment that for a while. Too. But I don't know so how, how long have seen it. I think they've been there for a year. Hmm. Who knows? So that's some really weird stuff, you guys. There's our Aaron update. Stephanie, do you have anything before we dive into it? So, yes. I have a Christmas show that's coming up. It's called The uh, Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged. Ooh. And it's playing at the Allen's Land Art Center. It's a show with Cosplay and Cultural Productions, which we all know is Mary, Mary Angela's company. Um, oh, my gosh. We love her so much. And it's on, it's on December 8th, 7th at 8 p.m. and December 8th at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. Then it's also on December 4th at 8 p.m. And then December 15th at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. You have double header days, two of them? Two weekends in a row on Sundays. Oof. Oof. Hashtag actor's life. Hashtag we're all tired. We are all tired. My God, working and doing theater and being creative is like... It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. It's exhausting, you guys, so... So if you want to come see this show, uh, there's uh, discounted tickets that are sold online in advance, and there's an online special uh, where it's two for $30. That's uh, a steal. At the 2 p.m. performances only, which is on the two Sundays. Get your matinee on. Um, Also, big deal, though, Allen's Lane is BYOB. They sure are. So, you guys, you can show up for this Christmas show and have your freaking um, you can bring brunch. A, bring brunch a like lunch. Bring a like lunch. Bring well, you know, lunch if it's two p.m. and like dinner if it's like eight p.m. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you can bring like a a meal and like a bottle of wine and fucking drink and and watch the show. Time, one time, um, during a show, I uh, as an actor, uh, harassing the audience, which I do usually enjoy. I uh, accidentally. Brooks, but he's fucking wine glass. I was there for that performance. She went over to that woman. She picked up that wine glass and she slammed it on the I table. Didn't you guys, slam it. it was an accident. <laughs> it I was didn't so mean funny. To slam it. I like took it was. It was supposed to be really. I mean, it was still funny, but it was a total fucking accident. But it was. I picked up her drink. Like we were singing a song and like exiting the theater, and I picked up her drink and like swigged the last of her drink and like went to put the drink down, and I accidentally slammed the glass and broke it. And like leaned in, and I was singing, and it was like buy one. And I put it down and like broke it, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Get one for you. Like, the woman the started crying. She did not. <laughs> no, the best thing was what she said to me. So I found her downstairs, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you the people whose glass I broke? And they were laughing, like they thought it was so funny. Oh, oh my god, Siri, you ghost ass bitch. That's not what they said to me. I'm not sure um, I understand. No, I met them out in the lobby and I was like, are you the people whose glass I broke? I'm so sorry. And they're like, you know what? We had one too many glasses and it wouldn't fit in the cabinet. You did us a favor. Oh. <laughs> I 
I was like, that's adorable. Do you guys, that's the beauty of live theater. Theater. Oh, my God. So live theater, if you want to see me in a show, I'm in this Christmas show. And have her potentially break your wine glass. Directed by Mary Angela. Yes. Um, I won't break your wine glass on purpose. I promise. December 7th at 8 p.m. and the 8th at 2 and 8 and December 14th at 8 and December 15th at 2 and 8. Those are Saturdays and Sundays. Yay. Allen's Lane Art Center. Yay. And you can buy tickets at Casa Buena CP. Dot com. That's Casa Buena because it's, and then CP because it's cultural productions. Dot com. Yay. But enough about that Christmas shit. Let's get to the good stuff. Stephanie. Y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about, about some, some ghosts? ghosts? We yeah. did. Second episode in a row. Third, because we didn't do it last episode. But that's what I mean. For the little Thanksgiving thing. Last week I was calling it fucking Halloween. Halloween the whole time. Just, uh, excuse me. I apologize. That's for you, Mitch and Leah. Um, I just can't remember where I was going with that. Doesn't she matter. was calling it Halloween. We're going to talk I about was. some ghosts. I was calling it the wrong holiday then and now, but now we're going to talk about some ghosts. And Stephanie teased some of these ghosts for us last week, so if you listen to that, get ready. If you didn't listen to it, it's all new, so enjoy. So um, I'm going to talk about the whole fucked up situation with Anne Boleyn and the Tudors. <laughs> and why she runs backwards headless at people as a ghost? Because I'm still not over that. I don't know why that. she does that. I'm, I'm sorry. St- you, I'm... Keep, you keep asking if I'm going to tell you why, and the answer is no. I'm just... You know how I, I know feel she, because she was Because she was decapitated there. That's where her um, her execution took place. So and her execution was a beheading. So she maybe she's just bored. She's trying to find new ways to scare people. She's like, maybe if I run at them backwards, that'll do it. She's like, that'll fucking do it. Last time I just walked up to the dude and he stabbed me. He wasn't scared. So maybe I'll run backwards. So Ambolin was the second wife of uh, of Henry the Eighth, and she was the mother of uh, Queen Elizabeth the First. Uh, Henry VIII was uh, the King of England from 1509 until his death, which was in 1547. Henry was the second Tudor monarch, succeeding his father, which was, of course, Henry VII. Which is a V with two eyes. Henry VIII was a V through eyes. <laughs> so, he had... Are you counting the Roman numerals? No, I'm just making sure that I was correct when I say six wives. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. One of them Mormons, you know. (laughs) Just kidding. Church of England. He had it coming. Uh, (laughs) So he was married to a woman named Catherine of Aragon, okay? And Catherine of Aragon uh, couldn't give him any babies. None? Not even girls? She was just totally barren? Uh, She had a lot of miscarriages. Aww. Which happens a lot with... A lot of people, and you're going to hear that a lot about him and his children. Well, it sounds like it was his sperm. Right, because, girl. Not fair. Um, But we're not going to get crazy. We're not going to talk completely about him. But the people, uh, so he had, he had illegitimate children. He had illegitimate sons, Mm -hmm. but he was really looking for, like, a... They didn't, like, live. Like, there were uh, stillborns, and there were ones that, like, were born and then didn't live 
past like a couple months. Yeah. Um, and he kept being like, I need a son. Uh, and the first baby that, uh, that did live, I believe was Mary the first, which, uh, she's also known as bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. And she's the older sister of Elizabeth the first. Um, so she was born to Catherine, his first wife. So he had, uh, he remember he had six wives and, um, fucking three of them were named Catherine. <laughs> He had a type. All with a C. Um, but Catherine of Aragon was the first. So the big deal about Catherine was he was married to Catherine, and then he met Anne Boleyn. So mm-hmm. Anne Boleyn's who we're going to talk about a lot. But he met her. Uh, he already was seeing um, Mary Boleyn. Uh, Mary Boleyn was her sister, and she was already a mistress. Like, everybody knew <laughs> yeah. about Mary Boleyn. But then he was like, mm, fucking Anne Boleyn, like, fucking get good at it. And uh, he was like, yo, Pope. It's not like they didn't do divorces. Yeah. But, like, the Pope had to be like, all right. Uh, and he was like, yo, Pope, like, I got to get divorced because she doesn't have the parts that I need to make me have sons. And I need a son who's, like, a crown heir. And i like, I fucking need to marry Anne Boleyn because she's going to give me some, like, boys and, like, I'm just so into her. Like, God would want this. And the Pope was like, no, like, you can't just divorce her because you want another woman. Like, you can't do that. That's not Catholic. That's not what we do. It's still death, yo. <laughs> Fuck it. So does he kill her? Huh? Catherine? No, Catherine, he was like, well, then fuck you, because we're not Catholic anymore. We're the Church of England now. And he made Church of England. And then he was like, we're not married anymore. This is an old bitch. And he married Anne Boleyn. And right. Anne Boleyn uh, mothered Elizabeth I, who's, you know, she's famous. <laughs> Let me get back to Anne Boleyn. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff. Um, there's a lot of different, like, legends and mysteries about her, and people have different views about how they think she did people like sometimes they say she was accused of witchcraft that she was a witch that was part of it and while henry the eighth used the words like spells he used to be like you know you know she cast her spells on me she bewitched me he said stuff like that but in her trial she wasn't charged with witchcraft she was charged with adultery and incest which we'll get into that so so she was um very influential and people had a problem with her there was a guy named uh thomas cromwell so thomas cromwell was a i think he was a bishop i'm trying to remember what his role was like officially but he was a big part of breaking apart the church of england away from uh the the catholic church and him and Anne Boleyn were like super tight and he was like all right me and you we're gonna get through this so she had um was he her sassy gay best friend i don't know if he's... that's how i imagine it sure let's i go got you that. girl we can get you. through this girl so she and him were like buddies and they're like all right well like we're gonna like get me to the crown and like i'm gonna get i'm gonna marry him um, so that happened <laughs> and she married him, but the Catholic church didn't recognize it because, you know, she yeah. was his like second wife and they didn't recognize that he was not married to his first wife anymore. So, um, she had Elizabeth the first and, and she was having children, but she couldn't have, she wasn't having boys. Like she mm-hmm. just popping out girls. Not just popping out girls, she, like, she only had Elizabeth was the only one that, like, survived. She had a lot of, like, miscarriages or babies that, like, didn't live. 
But the only one that, yeah, like really went anywhere was Elizabeth. But she was a big deal. Yeah. Um, she did pretty good for herself. But that ended up being why he wanted to get rid of her because she couldn't give him a son. And by like she the last like baby basically that she was pregnant with they're they're like cool it's gonna be boy let's get this happening this is gonna be great um and then Catherine his first wife because remember there are three Catherines but we haven't gotten to the other two yet uh Catherine his first wife died so then the Catholic Church was like oh you're a widower because they didn't recognize the second marriage because the first marriage didn't really count so her life really depended on her having a son. And then she had another miscarriage, and it was a boy. Yeah. So he was like, great, I'm single now. Right, because he's like, I never got married again, and I can marry Jane Seymour, who was her second cousin. <sighs> and that's who he was, like, really interested in at that point. But he was like, well, fucking, I changed to church, and I'm married to her now. But when Catherine died, like, JK Anne was like, Catherine. as long as I have this baby, I have this boy, like, oh. She's like, as long as I have this baby, I have this boy, like, we're good. Like, I'm all set and I'm cool and I'm going to survive and that's going to be awesome. And then she died. Or not she died, but the baby died and yeah. the baby was a boy. So he was like, all right, I want to get with this other chick. And the church was like, yeah, you never had a second marriage because you were still married to your first wife, but she died. So, so they accused her of um, incest and fucking adultery. Um, she was executed at the Tower of London. They did say that he hired, like, the the best swordsman, like, the best executioner in the country. Because a lot of people don't know this. Like, the guillotine, when it was invented, like, people think of it as being, like, really gross. When the guillotine was invented, it was actually considered, like, a really humane way because beheadings were not clean like you see in the movies. It was not a usual, like, yeah. one slice, and then they were done. They usually had to, like, hack a couple times, and that's oh, really fucked. So when the guillotine was invented, it was, like, a really humane way because it went really quickly where they were like, oh, this way they don't have to, like, hack it. But her death was said to be really, really quick because he did bring in, like, the best guy in the business to give her, like, a a quick um, slice, but she was like, don't be mad at my husband. Jeez. Right. Which you're like, girl, you crazy. And you know, God, you know, rest my soul. Um, and there's a poem that was written, uh, and I have it, sorry, in another window. Um, and it was just found somewhere in the tower, um, around the time of her execution. And mm -hmm. people believe that she wrote it. But it's a famous poem uh, called Oh Death, Rock Me to Sleep, yeah. uh, which is Oh Death, Rock Me to Sleep, Bring Me on Quiet Rest, Yet Pass my, my Guiltless Heart Out of My Careful Breast. Toll on the passing bell, ring out the doleful knell, let the sound of my death tell, for I must die. There is no remedy, for now I die. That's a bunch of that. It's um, <laughs> a whole bunch of for now I die. Oof, the poem her. is generally attributed to Anne Boleyn and is assumed to have been composed while she was in prison in the Tower of London. However, the evidence isn't for her authorship isn't entirely conclusive. Uh, it has been postulated that it was written, in fact, by her brother, mm. who was also being held there at the time. 
Uh, the poem was written in the last days of Anne's life and is a reflection on her suffering. In it, she observes that her end cannot be avoided and that it will at last give her peace as an escape from her present sufferings. And it was said that when she went to the, like, block, like, to go be executed, that she wasn't, like, <laughs> she was talking about how uh, how Henry had hired the best executioner, and she was like, oh, and, you know, like, he hired the best guy, and at least I have, you know, like, I have a little neck. <laughs> Like, and put her hands, like, on her neck oh and, like, laughed. God. Where, like, at that point, she was just, like, so ready to go. She's like, I'm over it. I can't handle this anymore. Right, and she's like, you know what? Fucking being killed would be, like, so much better than being in the situation that I'm in now. Oh, my God. Um, Which is why Headless Ghost. <laughs> I was like, she was executed by beheading. Mm-hmm. So she's one of the ghosts of the Tower of London. Um, Back to Henry VIII. So she was his second wife. Jane Seymour, like I said, was her second cousin. Um, She died in uh, 1537. Uh, She died from complications less than two weeks after the birth of her only child, a son, uh, who became King Edward VI. Mm. She was the only one of Henry's wives to receive a queen's funeral and his only consort to be buried beside him in St. George's Chapel uh, in Windsor. And King Edward the Sixth um, lived to be. I'm trying to see how old he was when he died. It didn't do the math for me. <laughs> he lived from forty-seven to fifty-three. No, that was only his reign. Sorry, he lived from thirty-seven to fifty-three. So he lived for like fifteen years. Yeah. So after she died, he married Anne of Cleves. <laughs> Um, she lived to see the coronation of Queen Mary the first, outliving the rest of Henry's wives. She's the one that lived the longest, but they also, um, <laughs> didn't, weren't married anymore. Um, their marriage ended in being annulled. <laughs> so then he married Catherine Howard. Um, Catherine Howard was, uh, executed also at the Tower of London uh, she was stripped of her title of queen within 16 months in November of 1541. She was beheaded three months later on the grounds of treason for committing adultery while married to Henry, similarly to Anne Boleyn. Gosh. Then his sixth wife was Catherine Parr. Um, and she died. Was she the last one? She was the last wife. Now, she wasn't the last one alive. Yeah. That was the one we talked about a second ago. But she, I'm trying to see how she, yeah, she died six months after Henry's death. She married her fourth and final husband, which was, she was married before she was married to him. Thomas Seymour, first Baron Seymour of Sudeley. The marriage was short-lived as she died on the 7th of September of 1548, Probably of complications of childbirth. Of course, as most women did. So Henry VIII was fucking weird. Fucking, um, that's what he was doing. He was fucking, he may have had syphilis. Sure, okay, makes sense. <laughs> uh, his execution of Anne Boleyn was like, um, a lot of people, so all the charges that were up against her, a lot of people are fairly certain that they were bullshit. They, they were just like... Of course. An excuse yeah. for them to be like, yeah, see, she did all this shit, and so we're putting her to death. Look how awful she is, so I can keep doing my fucked up shit. And she was just like, yeah, put me to death. I'm ready to go. Fuck this. <laughs> and that's uh, Anne Boleyn, and she haunts the tower, and so is Catherine, one of them. 
one of the three Catherines, because there were three of them. One of them was executed there. So, yeah, so that's uh, some look into the Tudors and Anne Boleyn, and, and England's crazy. Crazier than we ever think sometimes. Just freaking beheading women because they can't give you a son. He's like, I need a boy, yo. I need a boy. So just to segue from that for a second, you guys, um, we want to give a shout out and throw out another promo for our buddies over at They Mostly Podcast at Night. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Mostly. There it is. So take a listen to them, you guys. They give reviews for scary movies and they're fun and entertaining. And I'll let them explain it to you. Take it away, ladies. Chaos and Carnage made a podcast, and things went awry. That's right. This is Chaos and Carnage reminding you to stay bloodthirsty, friends, and make sure you check out our horror movie review podcast, They Mostly Podcast at Night. Posted every Monday night, we explore the farthest edges of the horror genre. Come to us for all things spooky and settle in for our bicker and banner that has marinated for the last 20 years. You can find us on iTunes, Anchor.fm, and Stitcher. And make sure you follow our social media at Podcast at Night for all the up-to-date news. We will be waiting for you. Gummies down. I got these champagne gummies from Prairie Joe's. They're really good. Yeah. You know what else is really good? They They mostly mostly podcast podcast at night. night. Bam. Mostly. Yeah. That was on me. That was on me. All right. Oh, got, it. I got it. That time. I got it. I got it. So yeah, go check them out, you guys. Um, And then to dive into it, because I'm really excited about this one, I previewed a smidge. Today, we're going to be talking about a guy named Tarare. 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 Uh, T-A-R-R-E-R-E. Okay. But it's unknown if that's his actual real name. Sure. He was born in 1772, and he died in 1798. Whoa. Right, 26 years of age, so mm-hmm. we've already got him beat. Um, he was a French showman and soldier known for his excessive and unusual eating habits. And to be honest, you guys, excessive and unusual is putting it very lightly. So uh, as a child, he basically ate himself out of his childhood home because he just had an insatiable appetite. He would eat everything. It was rumored that by the time he was in his teens, he could eat his entire body weight in a day and not be satisfied. So his family was like, we cannot take care of you. You got to get the fuck out. Like you're eating us out of house and home. So um, as a teenager, he took to touring the country with thieves and prostitutes, begging and stealing food. And ultimately he became the warm up act for a touring charlatan. And he would eat things like corks and stones and a whole basket full of apples, like one right after the other. Um, he would eat ravenously and was particularly fond of snake meat. So <laughs> he he toured all around, and by the time he was 16 in 1788, he was a street performer in Paris, and he had one act. That I thought this story was so funny. Um, and he would typically do his regular like eating act, just eating a whole bunch of shit. Um, but apparently one day his act went wrong, and he suffered intestinal obstruction, a.k.a. he could not poop. And um, he was taken to the hospital, and he was treated with powerful laxatives, leading to a full recovery. Uh, no relation to our pooper intendant. He offered up, though, apparently to demonstrate how recovered he was by offering to eat the watch and chain of the surgeon who treated him, to which, unamused, the surgeon replied that if he ate his watch and chain, the surgeon would cut Terrer open to retrieve the items from his body. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he was like, "Really, you want to eat this? I'm just, I don't. I'm not impressed. I'll cut you open to get it." So 1792 was the outbreak of the War of the First Coalition, and he ended up joining the French Revolutionary Army. Uh, Military rations, though, were not enough to satisfy his appetite, and he would take on completing fellow soldiers' tasks in exchange for food, as well as scavenging in the scrap heats, um, scavenging for offal outside of butcher shops, just eating whatever he could get his hands on. Um, Military surgeons could not understand his appetite, and so he was ordered to undergo medical and physiological experiments. So they basically decided to test out how much food this motherfucker could eat. So they gave him a test. He was given access to a meal prepared for 15 people. He ate the entire meal by himself. fuck. He ate two large meat pies, plates of grease and salt, and four gallons of milk. And then he immediately fell asleep. That makes me want to throw up. (laughs) That makes me want to throw up. So imagine sitting down to your Thanksgiving meal, but it's just you and you're going to eat the whole thing. That's what this, this fucker lived for that. That's what he wanted. So he he ate a whole 15 person meal. Um, (laughs) and then he fell asleep. So at this point, I'm going to put out a disclaimer that what's about to come next is a little rough and I'm leaving out some of the gruesome details, but uh, it does have to do with like animal cruelty. So if you're not a fan of that, skip forward like like 20 seconds. Warning last episode. Yeah. So, um, so here's your little warning guys. If you don't want to hear about any sort of little animal cruelty, go ahead and fast forward about 45 seconds. You should be good. So we're going to dive into it for the rest of us. Six fucks. On another occasion, he was given a live cat, which he ate all of it, uh, minus the bones, before vomiting up the fur and skin. So he apparently grabbed the cat, ripped it open, uh, drank its blood, and ate everything, and then vomited up the fur and skin. He was also fed a variety of other small animals, including snakes, lizards, puppies, and he even swallowed an entire eel without chewing it. After having first crushed its head with his teeth. Fucking, fucking awful. Fucking hate it. I hate him. Yeah. So military decided to put his talent to use, basically, as a drug mule. So they had him swallow a small wooden box with a document inside of it. And when he passed the wooden box and they were able to pull out the document unharmed, they decided, oh, you got the job. This guy's perfect. So he earned a new job as a military courier. So his first assignment was to carry a message to a French colonel who was envision- who was imprisoned by the Prussians during this war. He was told that the document was super important and he had to get it over there, but don't get caught. Don't tell anybody. Turns out, honestly, the message was just a dummy decoy saying, hey, we just want to test this out and see if this works. Like, here's your tech test text message yeah. from this guy's butthole. So he crossed the enemy lines, which was they was in Germany, but he immediately drew suspicion because he couldn't speak the native language. So he walked in, this fucking ravenous dude who can't speak the language, and people are like, okay, this is raising a red flag. So he was captured by the Prussian authorities who found nothing suspicious on his person because everything was inside of him, and they apparently you know, tortured him and tried to get answers, and he refused to talk. But then after 24 hours of captivity and various beatings, he finally confessed to the scheme and finally said, I've got a message inside my booty. And 30 hours later, the document was retrieved from his stool. But 
when the people who are holding him got the document and they it realized was like, test, it was test test, test, test. They're like, what the fucking fuck, dude? And they ordered him to be hung. And they were like, we're going to murder him. Fuck you. Dang. We're going to murder you. But apparently at the last minute, he was given a mercy and he was released with only severe beatings. So then he was sent back over to France. Fuck. And upon his return, Terrier was like, I got to do something about my appetite and I am not going back into the military service. He was like, I'm not being another message drug mule. I got to do something about this hunger because I'm not doing it anymore. So he went back to the hospital where he had been before and they were doing tests on him and he begged them for treatment. So his doctor treated him with laudanum. They tried wine vinegar and they tried tobacco pills, amongst other things. And all of that was no success. Efforts to keep him like in the hospital and keep him on any kind of diet were fruitless. No pun intended. He would sneak out to scavenge scraps after hours. People even said that he would like fight street dogs for food. Oh my Again, God. Again, he would scavenge like awful from the butcher shops, which is literally the pieces of the animal you don't eat. Like awful. Um, and then get ready for this. He was even caught several times drinking from the patients who were bloodletting uh. and attempting to eat the bodies in the hospital's mortuary. Uh. That's how hungry this dude was. So other patients in the hospital were like, excuse me, he's not sick. He's mentally unwell. Can you please put him where he's supposed to be? But his doctor fought for him. And his doctor was like, no, no, he needs to stay until a 14-month-old child disappeared. No, Sarah. There's no proof that he ate the kid, but they were like, that's enough. You're kicked out. And they chased him out of the hospital. Right? So... Here's a little bit of info on this guy. I'm going to I'm grabbing this paragraph straight from Wiki cuz they can't describe it any better. So despite him eating all this shit, he was slim and of average height. And when he was 17 years old, he only weighed 100 pounds. Now bear in mind, he's eating 100 pounds a day. He was described as having unusually soft hair and an abnormally wide mouth in which his teeth were heavily stained and on which the lips were almost invisible. He's a keeper. When he had not eaten, his skin would hang so loosely that he could wrap the fold of skin from his abdomen around his waist, and when full, his abdomen would distend like a huge balloon. The skin of his cheeks was wrinkled and hung loosely, and when stretched out, he could hold 12 eggs or apples in his mouth. His body was hot to the touch, and he sweated heavily, and he constantly had foul body odor. He was described as stinking to such a degree that he could not be endured within the distance of 20 paces. Uh. And the smell would get noticeably worse after he had eaten. His eyes and cheeks would become bloodshot, and a visible vapor would rise from his body. He would become lethargic, during which time he would belch noisily, and his jaws would make swallowing motions. He also had chronic diarrhea, which was said to be fetid beyond all conception. And despite his large intake of food, he did not appear to either vomit or excessively gain weight. And aside from his eating habits, no one else saw any other sign of a mental illness or unusual behavior in him other than uh, being very apathetic and with a complete lack of force and ideas. He was a very bland, very ugly, very hungry person. So four years after he was out of the hospital, 
um, and he'd been rushed out and his doctor hadn't heard of him. He showed up 1978 at a different hospital and that hospital contacted his original doctor to notify them that Tarar was there and wanted to see him. Tarar was now bedridden and weak and he told Percy, which was his original doctor, he told his original doctor that he, he had swallowed a golden fork two years earlier oh, and what? he thought that that was lodged inside of him and causing him to be sick. However, his doctor realized, like, no, you have TB. You have tuberculosis. Like, that's what you have. He had advanced tuberculosis, and a month after his doctor saw him, Terrar began to experience continuous diarrhea, and then he died. So maybe he had a tapeworm? I don't know. So the, apparently his corpse rotted very quickly, and the surgeons in the hospital refused to dissect his corpse. Um, however, one of the last doctors who worked on him wanted to find out how he differed from a regular person and was also curious as to whether that gold fork really was inside of him lodged. So when they did the autopsy, they found out that his gullet was abnormally wide. And when his jaws were opened, surgeons could see a broad canal into the stomach straight from his fucking mouth. They could just see a straight line down to his stomach. Uh, his body was found to be filled with pus and his liver and gallbladder were abnormally large and his stomach was enormous covered in ulcers and filling most of his abdominal cavity and the fork was never found and that's the very quick very gross story of Tarar the man who could not ever fucking satisfy his hunger no matter yeah that's it So hope you enjoyed your feast if you feasted last week. (laughs) Hopefully you didn't eat a 15-person meal. Oh, yeah. (sighs) So that's his really gross story. I know. Let's all go have dinner after that. (laughs) I don't like it. No, stop with the ASMR. Steph, you want to tell people where they can find us? Sure. Hey guys, so yeah, if you want to find us, you can look for us on Facebook and on Instagram. Those are our two most popular social media places that we post on. Instagram, we are Dead Time Stories, all one word. And on Facebook, we're Dead Time Stories, two separate words, but both with a Z. And if you want to email us, we're Dead Time Stories with a Z at gmail.com. And the best way that you can help us out if you want to, you know, help us besides telling your friends, which is awesome. Yes. But you should rate and review our show and tell your friends to rate and review our show. And if you do that and you take a screenshot of your review and you send it to us, either sliding into our DMs Mm. or by emailing us and give us your address, we'll send you a sticker to your house, a real sticker of our show to your home where you live. Yeah. Right to your PO box. Whatever address. Yeah. Whatever address you want to send it to. You we'll let us know. We'll do it. And then we'll do it. But you have to do the review first. Yeah. Hopefully we can't write stars. the review for you. You five have to write the review. Coming for that number one spot on iTunes. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning thank in. Thank you. Tune in next week. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is, is Dead Time Stories. Stories. <laughs> throwing up because it was gross this week (laughs) that's it thanks for listening (laughs) dead time stories is hosted by sarah heddens and stephanie c curtison music and editing by eric gershnow artwork by remy slackman 